Welcome to Teach Musically, the music studio teacher's resource for business and pedagogy solutions. My name is Michelle. And I'm Leanne. Today's podcast is all about practicing and how to train our students to become effective and independent practicers. Teaching a student how to practice involves teaching them strategies for how to use their time effectively and efficiently. Even though many of these strategies can be instinctive to us, they might not be for our students. Today we'll go over tons of strategies to help turn your students into excellent practicers. The first sign that there are problems with your students practicing is a lack of preparation at their lessons. To ensure that they are practicing enough, send home a practice log and have them record the amount of time they are practicing at home. Oftentimes, you will receive a practice record that does not align with your students' progress and preparation at their lessons. This can mean one of two things. They are not being honest about their practice time, or they are not practicing effectively. Exactly. Many students and parents have the best of intentions and do practice regularly at home, but the results are not showing. This is when it's time to step in and figure out exactly what is going on at home and how they are spending their practice time. Start by asking your student questions. What do you do when you practice? What do you work on first? How do you make your pieces better? What do you practice the most and the least? These are your first clues into diagnosing what is going wrong in their home practice. Typically, we find similar problems amongst our students. They are playing mindlessly from the start to the end of their piece over and over until they have reached their required amount of practice time. As seasoned musicians, we know that this type of practicing doesn't work. A first step with our students is to give them a clearer, more specific set of goals. Instead of telling them to learn a piece hands together and be done with that, be specific about how and what you want them to do. How much time should they spend hands separate before they put it hands together? How much time should they spend hands together? What should they be focusing on? How many repetitions is enough? Give them as much information as you can to help guide their practicing. You should also have a discussion with your students about how to know if they have practiced enough. Sometimes our students have good intentions and think that they have practiced sufficiently, but it doesn't meet our expectations. Perhaps that is because we are not making our expectations clear enough. I let my students know that when I assign a piece, it should be fluent and played with minimal mistakes. We talk about the word fluent and what it means, and sometimes I'll even demonstrate examples to see if they can identify what is considered fluent and what is not. I think this is a step we can sometimes miss as teachers because we just assume that our students know exactly what we're looking for when sometimes they don't. That is an excellent point. Now that our students know our expectations, it is our job to teach them how to achieve the goals we set out for them each week. When we teach, we should aim to make it more exploration-based as opposed to instructional. That means instead of telling our students exactly what to do, what to work on, and how, we can take a more conversational approach. After a student has played a piece for you, ask them how they think it went. Was it good? Was it bad? For a beginner or early intermediate student, these questions may be enough. For a student that is more advanced, you can ask them about more specific elements of the piece such as dynamics or phrasing. This encourages our students to be active listeners and to reflect upon their playing. This is so important in learning how to practice effectively because practicing is essentially problem solving. If students cannot identify the problem, how can we expect them to solve it at home by themselves? If your student is having trouble critiquing their performance, try recording them and watching it back together. This can give the student more insight and a chance to listen more closely to their own playing. 
Once you've opened a discussion with your students, you can work together to brainstorm a list of things that can be improved. Next, come up with an action plan of how to approach these things in their practice. It is important, however, not to overwhelm your student with a huge list of detailed items to fix. Be sure to assign small, achievable goals that the student feels they can reach. I like to start with big concepts and gradually work towards small concepts and details. For example, in the first week, I will focus on the notes and rhythmic accuracy. Once that is mastered, I can move on to phrasing and dynamics. The next week, I can dive into small details such as pedaling, articulation, and character. Try to avoid starting with the small details before a student has grasped the greater concept of the piece as a whole. As we mentioned earlier, many of our students have a habit of playing pieces from the beginning to the end over and over. It is vital that we teach them the importance of practicing in small sections. You can work on this with them in the lesson by breaking down their piece with them. I like to have them use a marker or a colored pencil or a sticky to physically mark the sections. This way, they have a visual reminder of where to start and stop in their practicing. This exercise is also an excellent way to talk about phrasing as sections should begin and end in musically logical places. When I'm working with my students on practicing in small sections, I like to use the example of studying for a test. If they need to learn the contents of an entire textbook, do they read the textbook front to back over and over? Of course not. By the time they get to the end of the textbook, they will have forgotten everything that was at the beginning. Instead, do they focus on one chapter at a time, reviewing the information several times over? Yes, that is exactly what we are asking them to do in their music. Don't be afraid to spend the lesson time actively guiding your student through practicing. Some teachers may feel as though they should be spending the lesson teaching new material, but it is truly a worthy investment to train your students to practice effectively. Leanne, what do you do with your students to train their practicing habits? I work a lot with students on repetition of small sections. After marking out sections in the score like we mentioned earlier, I will have my students choose one section to work on. They will play their right hand eight times, left hand eight times, and then together eight times. My students often think this number of repetitions is excessive and I have to push them to finish all eight. However, they're often surprised by how effective it is and how much more fluent the section feels after they've done all the repetitions. I think it is so important to see them through this entire exercise because they need to see that it is effective or they won't do it on their own. That's right. Do you ever get pushback from students who say that it'll just take too long to do all these repetitions? Yes, I do, but I have a trick. I like to set a timer for five minutes and challenge them to see what they can achieve in this five minutes. Usually, this is enough time to complete lots of repetitions of a small section. So not only do they see that the practice method works, but also that it can be done quickly. I emphasize that five minutes of effective practice is more valuable than 30 minutes of mindless practice. Quality over quantity. Absolutely. You can help your student further by planning their at-home practice sessions with them. Break down the practice minute by minute with specific tasks. Start with the task that is most important and require the most focus. Then shift to tasks that are a bit more passive. Each practice plan should be tailored to the student's needs as well. For example, a student that has excellent technique but is struggling with sight reading should begin with sight reading. This can be really helpful for our students. Recently, I had a level 8 student who seemed to be hitting a wall and not progressing as much as he normally does. He said he was spending two hours a day practicing. 
I knew this was a red flag because two hours of effective practice would have been more than enough to achieve his goals. Together, we planned a practice routine that was only one hour long, broken down minute by minute. We took away the less important tasks and prioritized the ones that he needed the most work on. The next week, he had made so much more progress, even though he had cut his practice time in half. Also, take time to explain the reasoning behind your practice methods. If students understand why a practice method works, then they will be more likely to do it at home. For example, you can discuss the importance of developing muscle memory through lots of repetitions of small sections. Equally important is letting your students know that it is okay if the practice methods do not work perfectly every time. Emphasize the importance of rest between practice sessions in order to achieve results. It is a scientific fact that our brains require sleep to process new information and create neural pathways. Once your student has done the required amount of practice, teach them to give themselves permission to rest and let the information process. We have said it before and we will say it again. Get parents involved. Parents require educating just as much as our students, especially when it comes to practice expectations. Though they may have the best of intentions, parents could be enabling bad practice habits. Be sure to emphasize that quality is more important than quantity. Focus on 20 minutes of effective practice as opposed to one hour of mindless repetition. Be sure to make them aware of any practice plan you have created with your student. Now we will each share one of our favorite practice methods to teach our students. I already shared my 888 rule earlier, 8 times right hand, 8 times left hand, and 8 times together. Another practice method I love to teach my students has to do with balance. As pianists, one of the most important skills we learn is to project one hand and keep the other quiet to show melody and accompaniment. To practice this, I have my students play the melody very loud and ghost play the accompaniment. Ghost playing is when they are touching the keys but not actually pressing them all the way down. By exaggerating the contrast in touch, it trains the hands to approach the keys independently. Gradually, they can make the hand with the melody a little bit softer and the accompanying hand a little bit stronger. If one of my students is having difficulty playing a certain fingering consistently, or has to change their fingering, or has trouble getting the notes into their fingers, I often suggest that they go through the difficult passage hands separately, accenting only one select finger at a time. For example, on the first playthrough, they will play every note normally, but every time they get to the second finger, they have to play it loudly or with a deliberate accent. Once they can comfortably do that, they move on and only accent the third finger, and so on and so forth. This is a really good way to get in the repetitions in a mindful and more engaging way. This also means that your student will be getting in a minimum of five repetitions and they won't even notice. Ooh, I love that tip, Michelle. Ultimately, it is our goal as teachers to create students that are problem solvers. We hope that with time and guidance, they will be able to play, diagnose problems, create solutions, and formulate and execute a plan for themselves. This is the making of an independent musician. We hope you found this podcast helpful. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more great podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and online at teachmusically.com. Until next time, happy teaching!